It's time for the movie rant. Tonight's victim is director Chase Dudley that has done many movies such as Beasts of the Field, amongst others. Hello. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? What have we been up to lately, or is this your current baby right now that we're getting out there? Well, I, I got a few projects in the works, but mainly we are discussing Beasts of the Field, which is a film that I shot in 2018. We shot in the middle of a hurricane. It was unexpected that we even got, you know, that kind of storm. I got word a week for the shoot that Amber was going to head to uh, Kentucky early because there was a Category 3 hurricane headed her way in North Carolina. So we did a charity and raised a GoFundMe to accommodate her a week early because, you know, of course, we didn't have that in our budget on the film to pay for a hotel week in advance. But, you know, Amber's very, very dedicated. You know, she brought her family up and her husband and her kids, got to meet her kids and did not get to meet her husband. But we got some much-needed study in, uh, early and the crazy thing is with the storm, Keith Nicholson, which is an actor that I worked with numerous times, he's a talented gentleman, he made me a rainmaker machine because it was the fight scene that I was going to shoot later in the film. I was going to have it rain for that scene. You know, Mother Nature has a very funny way of making things happen, and we had a rainmaker machine for the whole movie, but it was Mother Nature making it rain. It was annoying at times because we were all slipping and falling all over the place. I don't know how many times. It looks cool now when you watch the movie, but it was not fun to film in because just imagine cold rain and just being drenched all day. No, little to no shelter. And like when you watch the movie, you can tell that it, of course, rained quite a bit, but you can't really get a justice of what it was like to be on set there. And I was just really blessed. Gregory Blair and and Amber Fox and Patrick Allred and Tori Beckham and, and Savannah Schaefer and Ashley Nias was just so like calm and understanding and like not screaming and shouting at the director, you know, and the AD and, and everyone who was behind the scenes because I can't say that if it was anybody else that we filmed with, I can't say that it would have been like that because I've been on sets where there was frustrations and it was no bad weather. So the fact that they were so under standing and we all pitched in to make this film. It was such a passionate film as you can tell everybody really cared about the project and I really hope to work with people like that more and more in the future because you know, it was like the best experience I've ever had easily. This film, has it actually uh, surfaced like to DVD or is it, has it been onto the streaming platforms and anything else like yet? Or was that still a, uh, a journey to, to get out there even though this was filmed a couple years ago? Basically, the film was in a festival that we actually premiered. We actually won Best Feature and Best uh, Director for that film. And that was the E-Town Film Festival. And we were scheduled for four festivals here the next month or two, but with the corona crisis, a lot of those uh, festivals postponed or just canceled altogether. We're currently in limbo right now because we're a few film festivals that are going to be showing in anywhere from July to October. We're still waiting to get word from that. I'm leaning more towards releasing a film in the next month or two, which I did a Facebook Live video yesterday about that, releasing Beast of Field early, just for the simple fact a majority of the festivals that Beast of Field that you know, what's going to premiere, canceled or postponed. It's frustrating because there's so much potential for that film. And given everything that happened with that film, there's just so many unfortunate events. You know, we shot the movie in the hurricane and that what right there was a triumph in itself. And then post-production, the coronavirus, it was like this film has just endured so much. But I, I know when it is released, it's going to be a, a 
really big hit because a lot of people have really been keeping up with it, and especially Ember, Don Fox, and Gregory Blair's fan base. A lot of people are really waiting uh, to get to see it. This was the first film that I actually successfully had a festival run, so it was very exciting, and, and unfortunately, my ring has been cut short for measures way beyond my control. It's frustrating because I was hoping to see what all does the film do do. The performance that was given with this film, I really seen that like Gregory Blair and uh, Amber Don Fox winning, you know, an award because they gave such great performances and everyone did. But of course they were uh, leads in the film. Do you think like releasing a film, it's lucky just to release the film at all. Do you think an artist, including yourself, are going to doubt or even question other mediums at, after this is all over with uh, to get their vision out there? Yeah, it's very risky. In filmmaking, uh, Gregory Blair said this yesterday, you always have to have a plan A, B, and C, and D because you can plan something all day long but it doesn't mean that that's going to turn out to be the way it is and do have a plan B and a C or a D and you know I knew it was a good chance when I you know submitted to the festivals I knew it was a good chance that we might not have gotten into any festivals too so that was also something I had to consider too distribution company that I went with Payday they're a really good distribution company and I would love to work with them with future projects because they really teach you a lot as a filmmaker on how to market and strategize your film. A lot of distribution companies don't do that. Like 98% filmmakers don't ever see their revenue back at all. And I'm very fortunate to say that's, I mean, that's not the case with me. And, you know, I'm, I'm very, very fortunate for that. Continue to have some kind of revenue and not solely rely on a specific project or projects, even if, even if it's got a huge hit. You can't rely on these because they're not long-lasting terms in terms of revenue. Sure, they can continue to generate some revenue, but it's never enough to for your next project, for anything else that you might go aside from directing or producing itself so and so forth. You have to have a better preparation. Otherwise, you're just always going to be in the same square one. You're, you're basically going to be in a square circle over and over if you don't do anything else aside from that. That is very true. Now, do you think that it's it's going to be more focused about less on chance from these companies and more about rediscovery in terms of getting uh, the types of visions? Do you think artists around the world are going to be uh, almost rethinking and, and almost it's almost like a redesign on their own too? Yeah, I really think if you're making a movie, I really think you need to also do as much research into your strategy of marketing and getting your film out there too because a lot of times filmmakers like they just hand over their project to a distributor and expect them to make the miracle happen you have to be out there promoting yourself and getting other people to believe in you everywhere i go i promote what i'm doing and who i am and what i'm trying to accomplish i'm sure people probably get tired of hearing it but you know i don't believe in myself who will and then that comes with risks and do not take your risk you, you cannot succeed without taking risks i mean because if you watch everyone who has very successful everyone has taken a risk there was out there sleeping out of the car there was people literally doing all kinds of things that the people thought that they were insane you got to put yourself out there sometimes playing it safe does not get you where you want to be because sometimes a lot of people end up quitting their dream or, or whether it's movies or music or anything and they're like well i'm gonna get you a job and work a nine to five and play a safe throughout life that's not living you know i'd much rather take my chances of being a successful filmmaker and failing and rather than never trying and wondering could i have ever done it it's you know going to college and all that and getting a job that i might not even like just 
me it doesn't make sense opposed to chasing my dreams of being a filmmaker. Now, would you actually read, especially now, would you read the fine between risk and precaution? In my opinion, risk is taking a chance. Of course, you always take precaution. Like, anyone you work with or looking into distribution, you do your research, right? I mean, luckily now, you know, we live in a social media world where you can literally constantly research a distribution company. You can read online reviews of what people said about them. Check the red flags. You can actually ask around. You can actually talk to people who might have had an experience with them. Those are the precautions you can take. But as far as, you know, the risk, it's getting up and, and doing it and trying and, and succeed. One thing I can honestly say, don't be afraid to fail because you're going to. You're going to fail like a lot. I fell a lot. And I used to think that it was just me. I used to think, God, I'm such a loser. Why is certain filmmakers, you know, like not failing? And that's not true. Just because you see on my Facebook and they're, they're smiling and looking, just some people don't share their failures publicly, but I, I do. I look at failure as one step closer to me succeeding because in order for me to succeed, I have to fail. I have to know what it's like not to do this. There's something, mistakes that you have to learn in order to be successful. You have the power to determine who you're going to be and not let people validate who you are. Now, would you actually look back after this film, Beast of the Field, and other projects that you might have, would you actually look back on this as a business model in terms of working on your next projects, or would you actually take advantage of online, especially now, to push these projects out there for the audience to gain that, that reputation for better positive flow? Well, yeah, I mean, because you, you have to really engage with you know your audience and make them feel a part of the journey. You know, in a lot of ways, I feel like I've done it, do that, but in a lot of ways, I feel like I can always improve on that. Sometimes I feel like, you know, you're promoting a project, something can happen, for instance, with Overdue. Unfortunately, the bookstore location that I was going to be shooting at is going out of business. And sometimes working on a project kind of to yourself until you're kind of, you know, at the point where you're on set and you're shooting it. And, and then that way people don't know what, what the situations are, if you're failing or succeeding. I, I really like promoting a project so much more when you're done with it because, you know, you already know you, you shot it. You don't have to worry about delays and, and all of that. So it, I'm kind of like 50-50 on that. I feel like if people are really a fan of you, they will support you anyway. It's one thing I'm learning more and more. Oh, by the way, I tell you, says hi. Oh, hello. Uh, go ahead and plug in any websites or anything that you want to plug in that and also what you can check out right now. I'm locked in that I'm scheduled to shoot in June, and I, I'm very excited about this project. It, it touches on human trafficking. It's really very emotional, like a great psychological thriller drama where uh, these two women are locked in this you know, underground bunker warehouse. It's about survival and powerful a journey. Like I think like the best reference I can give you where it will be similar would be Ten Cloverfield Lane when they were trapped down in this basement. But the differences between this movie, of course, is human trafficking and Ten Cloverfield Lane was they were afraid if they go outside uh, they couldn't breathe the air. But the script is just solid. Paul McFall just wrote such a great script. And not only did he write such a great script, the characters you really care about and it, and it takes primarily place in one location and it's it's such a compelling story that really drove me in immediately because I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do after Overdue uh, being both postponed I read the script and loved it and I was like oh I have to film this it's such a great story and there you have it everybody that is director Chase Dudley